Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming to you, well, now I'm coming to you from the great state of Michigan. Uh, Before, I was actually down in the great state of Florida with my old man, Jim. And we're going to do kind of a off-the-normal-beaten-path podcast today because one of the coolest things that my old man does and has done now for nearly a decade is he takes his Great Dane, his pride and joy, pretty sure he loves the dog more than he loves his sons, uh, and he goes into the hospital because he's registered his dogs as therapy dogs And he goes and takes them throughout the units and meets people and brings a little joy into their lives. And I thought about it the other day, actually. I was like, holy cow, if he's been doing this for like 10 years, he does it once a week for an hour. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. And really, that's that's the sort of volunteer work that I think uh, makes the world a little bit of a brighter place. And it's definitely honorable. And, you know, it's one thing to cut a check, which is for sure, much, much needed and uh, much appreciated by any sort of charities and things. But it's when you actually donate your time, the most valuable resource you have. That's where uh, it shows a lot of character. So very impressive. Nice, nice one, Jim. Um, Very, very impressive and a great example to set for not only us, uh, your sons, but also anybody, I suppose. So good on you, old man. But before we start the show, Like I always say, if you'd like to support this podcast, continue the ever-growing number of episodes and hopefully branching out into different arenas like today, you can click the link and become part of the Patreon family and help support this show and support the content that I am trying desperately to keep creating for everybody. Um, We also have a new shirt in the merch line, and this one has a little side note. So there is a website called Sale Junkie. I'll put a link in the description for that. And my buddy Mike, he runs that, and essentially it's a collection of all sorts of sailing info, sailing stories from either Mike or also he takes submissions from anybody that wants to send them to him. So if you've ever had the bug to tell a bit of a story, if you got a yarn, if you got an old salty tale, and you feel like just punching it out on the old computer, uh, you can go ahead and submit it. We want to try and grow that site a little bit, get some good entertaining stories. You can make it long, you can make it short, who knows? Um, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. I've, uh, you know, if you if if you've ever been able to type something up and then you get to see it put up either in a magazine or on a blog like that or a website, it's kind of a cool feeling. So it's pretty neat. So again, link will be in the description for that, uh, as well as the new shirt in the merch line. He created it. Um, I don't know. I think he used a little bit of AI, a little bit of his own, and it's just a neat artistic rendering of sort of this abstract scene with Mighty Sparrow uh, out there on the ocean with volcanoes and all sorts of stuff. Very, very cool. Definitely want to check that one out. And uh, last but not least, if you want to reach out to the show, go ahead and head over to sailingintooblivion.com. 
podcast link and contact the show. Those go directly to me. And just one last shout out before we go. I had such a great time teaching and basically being part of the crew aboard this beautiful West Sail last week. It was phenomenal. We had a sit down really quick, uh, like a little 30-minute podcast session. I'm going to figure out how I want to format that, and I'll put putting that out hopefully within the next week or so. But man, big thanks. Big thanks to you two for having me on and trusting me to stay on your boat and not party like a crazy person uh, while you guys were on land. So <laughs> a lot of trust, a lot of trust. Other than that, hope you enjoy the show today about how uh, the process of getting your dog to become a therapy dog and being able to bring a little joy into the lives of those of us who are in a hospital or other things alike. So enjoy the show. Here we go. Jim Bob, welcome back to the show. Thanks for sparing a few precious moments. Well, it's nice to be with you, Jerome. <laughs> well, on this Mother's Day. I know, right? I know. Yes. I almost feel guilty. I probably should be doing this with mom. But today's podcast is going to be focused on helping people, but not only that, more specifically, using animals to help people. And I guess the first thing would be, how did you get into basically taking dogs into hospitals for the patients to be able to see them? When, when I was still working and we were up in northern Michigan, I had a big heart event and uh, was in the hospital. Uh, fortunately, I was in the hospital and uh, survived, you know, completely unscathed, so to speak, except for the Gore-Tex aorta and the, <laughs> yeah. and the pig valve that I have. My dad, the bionic man. But um, shortly after we got out of the, after I got out of the hospital, we had planned to get a Great Dane puppy. And so we did that. Uh, we drove down to Detroit area and picked the dog up and brought her back to Petoskey. And it was kind of funny because the dog was, it was the middle of winter. There was a lot of snow outside, but the dog would not go outside with me at all, you know, and <laughs> considering you have to take the dog outside to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It was a little unfortunate, but I, the dog grew up. We called her Adelaide or Addie for short. And the, um, she became a, Oh, the faux pas, the old phone is still on. If you yeah. have to take it, you have to take it. Well, it's Sven, um, actually. He's already on the podcast. Now he's going to be like, oh, I got yeah. mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> um, so anyhow, we the dog grew up and became a favorite of, um, you know, your grandmother. Yeah. And uh, when uh, Louise ended up going in the hospital for some sort of a, treatment uh i asked and they said it would be okay if i brought addie in to see her and well when i did that i was on the same floor as the cardiovascular unit where i'd been for a week and i went down and asked if it was all right to take addie through that area and everybody still remembered me because it had only been uh i think it was two years mm from when that occurred, maybe it was three years, but 
And so Addie and I went through and we visited uh, all the patients that were interested in her in, in their rooms, and she was a natural at it. And so then I contacted the hospital and asked what I could do, how I could get up, get it set up so Addie would be a therapy dog. And all I, I just had to get some paperwork from a vet and then go for a stroll through the hospital with the head of the volunteers. And this would have been 10 years ago, 12 years ago? It was like 2007, Okay, I think. And Solo, or Addie was spectacular at it. Uh, you know, a, a nurse had a therapy dog in a room that came out barking at our dog and the... Um, if you want to take that, we can pause. Oh, let's pause. We will pause. We'll be right back. And we're back. Too bad. What was it that made Addie so good uh, with the patients and in the hospital? Besides her size, obviously. Well, you know, the size had a lot to do with her because she could put her head on their bed and they could easily pet her if they were somewhat restrained in their motions and stuff. Right. And... She was just very dignified and and uh, calm when she was in the rooms, and so it it went very well very quickly. And I ended up, uh, she and I ended up going in the hospital f- for seven years, close to once a week, and wow. uh, you know we always had the same routine that. Uh, I'd park the car. Is that Sven again? No, no. I'd park the car, and uh, and we'd uh, walk up towards the main entrance of the hospital, and Solo would pee in the same spot <laughs> every time. <laughs> Addie would. Addie. Addie, yeah. And I, I was, you know, it, I was very concerned at the start that, uh, you know, she would... Uh, have an accident or something, so I always had paper towels and oh right and bags yeah, yeah, and stuff right. like that. But as the years went by, she it became less and less important to do those sorts of things. Well, how how long would you go in there for? We'd typically be in there like an hour, I oh, guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, we'd see that. I always went to the cardiovascular area, and then we'd see. Other in the other wings of the hospital, who was interested in having a dog come visit them? So, well, and did you think that uh, the dog was sort of restrained a bit because it had a sense of the situation that it was it was in? That Addie sort of knew that these people were delicate. I I think so. Although I didn't really get that so much from the hospital, but it was. You know, we had uh, a woman that helped out around the house who had some medical issues, and Addie could sense when she was, her blood sugar was getting low or something, and she would, you know, go up to the woman and lean against her, you know, somehow or other make it, make her aware that there was an issue. Or oh, wow. She thought there was an issue. But... So anyhow, I don't know. It's just it was always so much fun to go in there with the dog because everybody liked her. The patients, the staff. You know, we'd go into the cafeteria and the women working behind the uh, serving line and stuff would all stop and come out, 
but to the cash register so that they could pet Addie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll bet. A Great Dane is always kind of a a big hit, especially, I think, when it it doesn't have the ears cropped. Although, you know, I I know that has its own genuine look, but it it definitely makes Danes look a little more intimidating. And when they have the big floppy ears, like both of our Great Danes have always had, I think it it, um, tames them down a little bit. Yeah. As far as a visual, I suppose. Because yeah. the, the size of them is still kind of intimidating. But if you've got the dog on a leash, then obviously it's a little more, it's a little easier to approach. Yes. And Addie was always very good on a leash. Sola, in the beginning, not so much so. She's very strong. And <laughs> very. How much does Sola weigh? She's 155 now. 155. And. How? What type of Great Dane is she? She's a blue Great Dane, and she's she's a gray colored Great Dane. Mm-hmm. But it's it's great because her coat sort of shimmers as she if she gets in the sunlight and gallops around the front yard or yeah. the living room for that matter. Yeah, the house pony. Well, and how how was the process now? Because uh, you've done this for a second time now down in Florida um, with Sola you know, 12 years later or whatever, new Great Dane, lovely Great Dane, a younger one uh, as far as the age in which you started out the the hospital. Uh, what, what is it exactly, her title? She has, uh, she's certified as a, by the Alliance of Therapy Dogs, which of all things is based in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, wow. Which Interesting. Is, and I guess these people have been active for about 20 years. But it seems like uh, hospitals now, the ones that actually have uh, dog therapy dog-type programs, all want you to have your dog be certified by a group. And Alliance of Therapy Dogs is one of two or three, I think. But uh, And you find those online, obviously. Yeah. And... When we came down to Florida, I thought, well, this would be interesting to do. And so I contact, I got online with Alliance of Therapy Dogs, and they sent me a membership packet in the, you know, sort of rules of the road and the, cert- you know, the requirements in order to get your dog certified, which is obviously a visit by, or you know, a visit to the vet and, uh, also, they have a certification that the dog has to pass, and it was a, like a five-page form mm-hmm. where someone would uh, meet the dog and observe the dog as I walk the dog. Uh, it, would, it also has a section where that person has to be able to hold the dog's paws, uh, grab its ears, you know, See, oh. see how the dog does in in interaction with a human being, another human being. Yeah, so it doesn't have any triggers that all of a sudden it's... Because, yeah, I mean, the biggest fear, obviously, is that yeah. the patient, you know, scratches the head the wrong way and then gets a nip. Yeah. So that was in December, and I started gathering the information that I needed, and I went to the vet and all that sort of stuff, but I was a little concerned about the the actual certification test because I wasn't quite sure how well trained they wanted the dog. I, you know, 
if they were looking for a dog that would lie down, sit, stay, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's not Sola. <laughs> Sola will sit. Yes. But uh, some of these other things she's not so hot on. <laughs> and finally, about, uh, I guess it was about, I got the form in December, but it wasn't until uh, sometime in February that I, I think it was, that I contacted the, uh, went online once again to find out where a certifier is. And I hooked up with this woman who has a therapy dog. And I ended up meeting her in a park. And, you know, we, it was, I was sitting on a park bench and she sat down with her dog and Sola and her dog sniffed each other and seemed to get along. And, you know, she was observing how Sola was behaving all this as we're oh, doing this. Oh, the whole time, yeah. Yeah, and this is part of the test. And then she, one of the things is they want to see how the dog interacts with young children. Mm. And she said, excuse me for a minute, and she went over to this mother that had a, about a two-and-a-half-year-old son. <laughs> Can we borrow your child? And, and she explained <laughs> what, what we were doing. And I don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I had already met this mother and child. Oh, and right. Sola was, you know, I think the mother already knew Sola's they name. They were already fans, yeah. yeah. And and so that went well. You know, then we did a stroll. Really, it was just a stroll back to my car to get some uh, paperwork that I had left in the car. And she said the only thing we have to do now is they, they want to observe the dog in a, a hospital or nursing home type setting. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I had been visiting a local nursing home uh, about four or five times already, and I called them and asked if it would be okay to have this certifier go with us one day. And uh, they said, yes, we can do that. And so the three of us went in, and Sola went around and met everybody and met the people in wheelchairs, and she was just very uh, good with them, you know, and she... <laughs> She particularly likes when we go out into the courtyard where it's the smoking area. Oh, really? And and all, virtually all these people are in wheelchairs, and uh, there's a woman out there doling out the cigarettes and <laughs> <laughs> stuff. And Sola just loved it, you know, and she'd go around, and this one fellow had no hand, and he would pet her with his, uh, his forearm. Oh, really? And, you know, she just, hey, that's... Feels good to me. That's good. Pass so. me one of those smokes. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that, that's really interesting. Is there any cost involved in any of that? Oh yeah, it uh, was uh, a thirty dollar annual membership fee, and I think it was they charged fifteen dollars for the certification. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it's, I mean, it's a lot more time on everybody else's uh, part to do this sort of stuff so it's it's not an expensive thing at all no and and the interesting thing was you know we go to this local park where there's a bunch of people with dogs and we all let them off the leash and a num- a couple of them were talking about how they were interested in getting their dogs certified but you know they were 
in the midst of doing some training with the dogs and their trainer said this and that. And I thought, geez, you know, I haven't, we had, we had a trainer that I visited six times in Northern Michigan about a year ago, but you know, really didn't have much impact. Yeah. And really all this uh, woman was looking for was to see how the dog behaved under your control and how the dog behaved when it met other people and other animals and, you know, just the general temperament of the dog. Right. And Sola has been a champ at, you know, once we got our certification and she has a little red heart that she can wear, she can only wear it on her collar when she's in a hospital or a nursing home though. Right. And, uh, we went and we, we've got a local hospital here, St. Anthony's. And I inquired of them and told her that, told them that, uh, Sola was certified and she said to bring her in and, uh, they they took some pictures of me and pictures of the dog. We both get ID badges. Nice, nice. I'm not quite sure how that works, but I, mine, I'm sure, goes around my neck, and I suppose Sola's does too. But in the two visits that I was there, because I had to get a TB test, and they, they, you know, they also need both the the alliance people and the hospital require you to have background checks. You know, so make sure I'm not a character of ill repute or something. <laughs> right, right. But uh, both times when we went in the hospital, in the, to get in, you have to go through a metal detector. Yeah, and, nowadays, yeah, it's a lot different. Sola's got her chain choker on. Oh, right. And you know, I <laughs> I've got the artificial hip and the and the uh, discs in, or my back is fused in a couple of spots, and you know set off the alarm and you know the guard said oh that's not a problem go right ahead <laughs> so oh well that's good at least you're not holding up the line i was gonna say you know if you see a man in a you know sailing into oblivion t-shirt with the great dane uh don't get behind him in the line for the metal detector <laughs> it yeah. might be a while these this this whole pet therapy thing though it, it certainly here at saint anthony's is a bit more uh uh, not legislated, but it's it's they've set it up so that I have to wear uh, specific color slacks. I can't wear shorts. Oh, really? Black or tan slacks, and they are supplying me with a collared uh, pullover shirt that has uh, St. Anthony's pet oh, volunteer cool. on it and stuff. They should make that a white coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, in the two times we went in, Sola went up and down the halls of the hospital and met about 30 uh, staff, you know, doctors, nurses, janitors, whatever. Yeah. And she just had a blast. And she's, oh, that. she's looking down all the corridors as we walk by something. And then I went to get a, uh, the second time I asked if I could get a cup of coffee and the woman I was dealing with said, yes, you can, but uh, Sola can't go in there. And I said, she said, I'll hold Sola. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is not going to be good. <laughs> Here comes the end of the career. Yeah. Short-lived. So, Sola and this woman sat at the entrance to the cafeteria and just greeted people as they walked through. And I'm fumbling around in the cafeteria trying to find 
the cups and then the lids for the cups <laughs> and the cream and all this sort of stuff. I felt like I was two years old. Yeah, and yeah. I, I keep glancing back to see where the dog is. See what's going. Yeah, well, because you know the the scary thing with Danes is that if you've never handled one before, you have to be ready for 150 pounds of muscle to yeah. just pounce, uh, yeah. not on you but away from you, and uh, it can be it can be quite incredible how strong they are. Yeah, and the the interesting thing, one of the things with the therapy dogs is you're not allowed to use electronic uh, collars of any kind. Oh, you know, right, right. That makes sense. Because they don't even let you do like cell phones and stuff, do they, in uh, they want you some to, parts of the hospital? They want you to turn the cell phone off. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, typically we've had a uh, shock collar on Sola, but it's a, a tone and then a vibrate, and then the last part is a shock, and you have levels of intensity from one, which is virtually nothing up to 16. But, you know, in the, and we've used that because in her early time, Sola was very difficult to handle on a leash. But, you know, in the time that we came down from Petoskey, uh, I charged, it's a rechargeable device, and I charged it in December, and I hadn't had to, recharge it again until just uh just last week mm. and so you know the only thing we use it for is a tone if if yeah. perhaps she runs off in the park and gets over on the other side and you know you can't hear you yelling at her she tone her and she turns and she comes right back to you right right but so when i go to the hospital i've taken this off because i'm not allowed to use it and so once again, with the woman holding the dog by the entrance of the cafeteria, I'm thinking, holy cow, if somebody, <laughs> somebody comes along and Sola decides she wants to join that yeah, person. Yeah, right, exactly. But it, oh, it, it went perfectly. So, Well, and it, for the most part, are these, these are like adult, adult patients that you're seeing? Yes. The, uh, there's a Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital down here. They don't have, uh, at Johns Hopkins, they have a volunteer go with you when you visit the patients, mm -hmm. and they don't have enough people that, for that duty, uh, so I can't, I can't go there yet. yet. But I, 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 I like seeing the adult patients, though, because they seem to react. The kids really love Sola. Oh, definitely. But at the same point in time, you know, like in Petoskey, when we went to that hospital, I every once in a while I go down to the pediatric ward, and usually they were little tiny babies that were asleep, or you know, yeah, I, I can't yeah. I can't remember many interactions that I had down there, but the adults were terrific. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well. Jim Bob, I think that's that's a very honorable thing. It's a great example to set for your sons and anybody else who listens to this podcast. I'll I'll try and uh, look some of that stuff up and put links in the description as far as uh, if people are interested. If you have a great dog that you think would be good for it, and you want to do a little community help like that, uh, whether it's in a hospital or it's in like a, a nursing home or assisted living, something like that, but. I think that it really is. It's it's fantastic, and I, obviously, it must be good for the dog too, 
oh, just to get out, mingle, mix it up with some people. and It's great for the dog and it's great for me. Get you out. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. And uh, yeah, like I said, that's that's really cool. And yeah, 45 bucks roundabout and, and some time. What would you say it was about two months or so from starting the process to getting certified? If I think if you were... Mm-hmm. If you were pretty comfortable that your dog was ready to be certified, I'd say it would take about two months by the time you did all those things. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. I think that's a, a really neat subject, and uh, it is. It's cool to see to see you do that sort of stuff, and uh, proud of you, old man. Proud of you. Not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, if you ever end up in the hospital, or if I ever end up in the hospital, whoever's on the outside, bring the dog in, yeah. and uh, we'll relive this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for spending a little time. Okay. Thank you.